and it's not. Um, so that's good news for you guys. Uh, let's see. Okay. We are walking through outrageous couples. There have been some crazy couples that we've seen so far. And today's couple really brings us back to normalcy. It is a picture of what a godly man and a godly woman should be. And there are a lot of things I think will open your eyes today, uh, things that you might not have seen before. Uh, Deb, can you right-click on the, uh, the thing on the lower and try to turn off the uh, air server and see if that reboot will allow me to connect at least the iPad so people can see? Uh, Proverbs 31 starts out talking about a king. And there's some guidance given there. Now, many of you have probably done a study. This is traditionally a women's study, uh, foundational uh, passage of scripture because there are so many good things in it. But again, it's not just for the ladies. This is guidance given to the men. And uh, it will really help us as we get down through it. So let's go ahead and we'll start uh, with a word of prayer and then we'll jump right into it, okay? Let's pray. Lord, with all the problems that we're having, we know that the enemy does not want these people to hear your word. But we're not going to let that stop us. God, if we have to walk around a Bible and put it in front of each person and point word by word, that's what we're going to do. We don't have to because you are so loving and gracious that you give us a Bible to put in our laps. So be with us through this study. Allow your people to get your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. Who is this King Lemuel? Well, when you go back through the list of kings, you see that he is absolutely not there. Yeah. Who is this guy? Well, biblical scholars say... It is most likely Solomon, since he wrote most of the Proverbs, so it's sort of a, um, a pen name, if you will, for Solomon. Others say that if you just look at the name Lemuel and break it out, it breaks out into two different parts of a word. The first part being Lemuel, and the last part, L. L, the E-L, is the shortened form, form of the word Elohim, which is God. So anytime you see something with L, E-L on it, a name or something, think of God or something about God. Like the name Daniel is Dan-I-L. Dan meaning judge, I, and L, God, means God is my judge. So when we look at Lemuel, let's figure out what his name is. We already know it's something about God, but it means one who belongs to God. That name, King Lemuel, can be you all. It really makes it personal now, doesn't it? This is, this is information that's being provided to believers. Well, let's look at the Solomon end of things then. If it is Solomon, what's it say? The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. 
Who's Solomon's mom? Bathsheba. Yeah. So if it, was, if it is Solomon, here's Bathsheba giving Solomon some advice. Did any of you try to give your family advice? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, right, you try. Bathsheba made some mistakes, didn't she? Anybody ever here make mistakes? Amen? The best way to advise someone or give someone advice is to say this. Hey, John, don't do the dumb things I did. I could save you so much trouble if you just don't do the dumb things that I did. I made so many mistakes in my life. And so she starts off saying, King Lemuel, one who belongs to God, don't make these mistakes. I want you to learn what to do. It says, what, my son, or oh, my son, oh, my son of my womb. That says that it is her baby. It is not uh, a baby that uh, was uh, part of her because of ownership. It wasn't one of her slaves that had this, ba this child. It wasn't a foster child that came in. This is her flesh and blood, she's saying. And what son of my vow? Do not give your strength to women. Now that sounds kind of, kind of strange when you look at that. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Now what do you get out of that? But if I said to you, don't give your strength to women, you know why I'd say that? Because you're going to make a man, they're going to beat you up. Right? Don't give your strength. No, that's not it. It's don't use your time and your efforts, your strength, your motivation, the things that you're doing. Don't use all of this to chase distractions. Remember, mom is giving them advice. I'm, I'm going to college, mom. And I'm, I've got, I'm going to get a girlfriend, or the girl goes and she's going to get a boyfriend. What do you say? You, you don't need that. You've got school. You really need to focus hard on that because the girlfriend or the boyfriend is going to be a... Absolutely. Don't give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings... O Lemuel, <clears throat> it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink to forget his poverty. Let him remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless, in cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth to judge righteously and to plead the cause of the poor and the needy. All of this stuff that I just read is her giving advice to him saying, don't get caught up in partying and things like that because it will stumble you. It's going to pull you away. It is a distraction for you. When she's saying stay away from the alcohol, why is she saying that? She wants him to keep a clear head. Can you mute that computer? 
I wasn't sure if that was mine or if that's this one up here that's making all that noise. Um, so keep a clear head. Now we're going to break into the virtuous wife. And I got to tell you, um, what I wanted to show you today, what I really wanted to show you is how I do a Bible study. I was going to do it live right in front of you here. I was working on this last night and making some changes, and I just want you to see sort of what mine looks like. Do you see the highlights and the scribbles and the little notes and all that stuff? I lived my life thinking that my Bible was just this holy thing that should be, should be pristine, never to have a pen to page, it should, and it's not. It is God's love letter to me. It is my textbook on life. And when I'm taking a class and I know that I'm going to have a test coming up or it's something that's important to remember, I got to highlight that piece. And if God speaks to me in a certain way, I'm going to write a note right beside that verse. And so that's one of the things I wanted to show you today was how I do that. But breaking into the virtuous wife, one of the things that I talk about, or I think about rather, is when I do a Bible study, I want to know who was it written to, why was it written, for what purpose was it written, and kind of put my feet into their sandals to understand how I would have interpreted it if this was written to me specifically at that time. And so... Let's think about women for a minute, okay? These virtuous women that we're going to talk about. What was the society for women back then? What do you think? Open church. What, what did they feel about women? They, they, weren't, they had no worth, right? They were property, okay? What else? Now, remember, they were taught scriptures. There was no TV, okay? Larry, there was no YouTube. So they listened to scriptures all the time. What was the first thing they were taught about women in the scriptures? Let's open to Genesis chapter 2, chapter 3. What did they learn about women? Women caused men to sin. They were the first one to sin. Therefore, women are inherently evil right you said that too loud Zane she's right beside you how about their jobs how about their jobs what could they do yeah that that's partially it right cleaning and cooking women had one job that's it have babies that's all their job was Okay? Now all you ladies sitting here are like, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's the culture. So now understanding the culture where they lived, let's look at this letter and see what God is trying to say through this. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Let's break down virtuous real quick. When I get a word like this, I try to understand what it means. 
We don't use this a lot nowadays. Uh, Bruce, when's the last time someone came into Sheets and said, you know, we need a virtuous something? It doesn't happen. So under, let's understand what virtuous means. Virtuous, when you look at the word, means strength. You think a military person, valor, strength, honor, bravery, being able. That's virtuous. We always think it's, it's very um, respectful and honor, honoring. And No, 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 that's not it. This is someone who has strength and honor and bravery and valor and who is able to do things. Who can find a wife like that? Because her worth is far above rubies. And the heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. And she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly, what's it say in your Bible? Works with her hands. So here is a lady who's not afraid to work. Remember we talked about um, whenever uh, the camels needed watered, right? 300 gallons of water. Don't be afraid to work. That's what this is saying. That's awesome. So she works with her hands. She's like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Now, what does that mean? That means she goes the extra mile to ensure that her family has the best it could have. Not financially, you know, not top quality, top expensive, but the best that she could get with what she had. She made what she had count. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. She goes the extra mile. She wakes up early in the morning to prepare food for her family. You know, uh, in some instances, she could prepare the food. Once everyone eats and leaves, what could she do? She could go back to bed, right? Not this lady. That's not how she rolls. Look at this. Not only does she provide food for her household, she provides a portion for her maidservants. Time out, Pastor Rodney. You're saying she's got maid servants. People, think about it in our day and age. <clears throat> you have employees that you're paying to do stuff at your home. And you wake up before dawn to make the food. Instead of saying to the maidservant, tomorrow morning I would like to have a western omelet with waffle fries, right? I don't know if that's a thing, but it sounds good. <laughs> Even though she has the servants, she took it upon herself to get up and do that. Did she have to do that? No. She did it because she was motivated by two things. By virtue, that strength, that can-do attitude, and by love. She loved her family. And not only did she do it for her family, 
She did it for the, her own employees, those maidservants. She made them breakfast. This tells you the type of personality this lady has. Not only does she do that, she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. And she perceives that her merchandise is good. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Now, not just that she went out and bought a field, then decided to plant a vineyard, then take that merchandise and say that it is good. What we're looking at here is three different things. You see, it says it's whose merchandise? Her merchandise. We're talking about her herself, right? The things that you do reflect upon you, right? You, if you go to a bakery to have them do a cake and they throw it together in two minutes, you can tell, can't you? You can see the worth of the person that's doing the work in the, the end product. This is more about self-worth. Self-worth is all about value. This is also about self-opinion. This is an assessment or a way to measure oneself. And it is also about self-esteem. And that really is about respect. If you're struggling with your self-worth, with your identity, with um, your own value as a person, I'd ask you to take a look and reassess or remeasure it because that means that you have a low respect for yourself. And we, we do. We do this. We have the enemy. We let the enemy come in and he'll, he'll say things about, you know, you're too short. You're too tall. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too old. No. We're none of those things. We're exactly the way God made us to be. And until we stop judging one by the other and then look at it itself, we're never able to move forward. You know, I remember going, I worked, as a kid, I worked at Mattern's Orchard. And I would pick the apples. And the good apples, the ones that look really good, they would go to the showroom. The ones that were not so great, that were rotten, had worms in it, they would go to make cider. Think about that next time you take a drink. <laughs> we don't deworm them before making cider, just saying. You see, you take this one apple, and it looks really good, and you set it out there on the counter, and that is a nice-looking apple. Right up until the point that someone takes a shinier, bigger, nicer apple and puts beside it. And then the comparison starts. It's not quite as big. It's not quite as shiny. Is the apple any better than when it was first put there? It wasn't. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to other people, to the TV. Um, the, the youth have a real hard problem with this 
because of all the phones. We do the selfie thing, okay? When you take a selfie, you know, if you're Pastor Dave, you do it like this. You take a selfie, and then you look at it, and you start swiping right. Does anybody know why you swipe right on a selfie? Yeah, it's a filter. You are changing the way the picture looks with a swipe of your finger. Oh, I don't like that. Um, my, my face is a little too shiny. Now, now it looks good. Oh, but you know what? That shirt's a little too bright for those shoes. Black and white. Oh, you know what? I should really focus in on and then make it bigger. And then I could get a touch-up tool and I can fix this and I can fix... This is what everyone is doing to, to fix their picture. Why? So they can post it online. And someone will come along and like it. So now you pick up your device and you look and you say, wow, look how beautiful she is. I wish I could look like that. You look ten times better than that. That thing's been doctored so much it's fake news. We've got to have good self-worth, self-opinion, and self-esteem. But she perceives that her merchandise is good. And her lamp does not go out by night. Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff. And her hand holds the spindle. Does anybody know what a distaff and a spindle is. I don't know how big I can make this, but you see this lady right here? She is holding the distaff in one hand. It's like a, a wooden fork that you use to take wool and then ultimately put it on a spindle. And the spindle, you, know, you see it down there in her, in her hand. Do you see it in the back? When you come across a word in the Bible that you're not sure of, if you were living in this time and you heard uh, distaff and spindle, you totally know what she was talking about, okay? For us, it could be she's got one hand on the Instapot and one on the microwave or the dishwasher or something like that. Okay, we've got that. We, that makes sense. She's stretching out her hands to two different things, right? She's got one on the distaff and one on the spindle. Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. How many hands does this lady have? She looks like an octopus. She is doing so many things. She is taking care of the poor. She's taking care of the needy. She's taking care of her household. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Now, isn't it interesting 
that she's not afraid. What was the verse right before that? What was she doing in those verses? She was being generous, wasn't she? She was helping the poor. She was helping the needy. She was volunteering. She was giving of herself. What's the one main reason we don't give a lot to charity? Because if we gave all our money to charity, yeah, what would we have? It's not a mistake that the Lord put these verses sandwiched beside each other. She gave generously. And she wasn't afraid that her family wouldn't have something. She was generous without being afraid for her household. In fact, her household didn't even just have what they needed. They were clothed with scarlet, good linen, very expensive clothing her family had. She went above and beyond over and over and over. Verse 22, <clears throat> it says, she makes tapestry for herself. And I highlighted that word makes. She's making it. She continues to do these things. When I look back through, I can see she works with her hands. She makes things. She's doing all these different things. She makes tapestries for herself. Ladies, you work hard for your families. I know you do. If the children, if the family needs something, but you also need something, who gets it? Every time. Every time the kids get and you do without. What this is going to show you is, look at this. She makes tapestry for herself. What does your Bible say next? Verse 22. Her clothing is what? Silk. Yeah. Her clothing is silk. It's fine linen. And it's purple. It's purple. She does not do without. Why do we do so much for our children? Because we love them, right? Do we love them more than we love ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we take a back seat to it. What this is showing us is that we need to have as equal self-worth. God will take care of us. But we need to realize that God thinks we're so worthy, we're worth dying for. And he did. So when we take away from that, it's actually sort of an insult to him. Does that mean that your kids can't get anything anymore? Don't make them that mad at me. No, but don't continuously deprive yourself for someone else. If you're continuously giving of what could be yours to someone else, that could turn into bitterness. It could turn into envy, especially if they don't appreciate it. Do you ever have that happen in your life? You sacrifice for someone and they could care less. Or it wasn't exactly what they wanted, so they don't want it at all. Oh, yeah, exactly. Self-worth. 
It points back to oneself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She, what's it say? Makes. There she goes again. She makes linen garment. Not only does she make them, but she, she sells them. And she supplies sashes for the merchants. For the merchants. She makes them, she sells them, and she's a supplier too. Isn't that awesome? That's what a virtuous woman does. Strength and honor are her clothing. And she is fully clothed with strength and honor. She opens her mouth. Uh, you know what? Uh, she rejoices in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. It says that she watches over her family. This is sort of like her policing her family. It's not just that she watches over them. She's just kind of checking them, make sure everything's okay. This is more of a police-type action to protect them. And that police-type action talks about standards. You're holding them to a standard. You are supporting them when they're not meeting that standard. <clears throat> and when they're not meeting that standard, what do you have to do sometimes? When they get out of line, you got to knock them back into line. Yeah, it is about suspension. So standard support and suspension. Suspension meaning discipline. That's sometimes what you have to do. But her children, even though she's doing this, her children rise up and call her. Wouldn't that be awesome? Even through the disciplinary things that you have to do with your family, they still call you blessed. And her husband also. He praises her. Isn't that great? Do you want to be called blessed by your family? If you do, you just got the prescription for how to do it. You have to set standards. You have to support them and encourage them to meet those standards. And when they don't meet the standards, then you have to suspend whatever privileges they have or knock them back into line so that they will meet those standards. Many daughters have done well. Look, you guys have all done pretty good. You guys have done good. But you... Proverbs 31 woman excels them all. And here's the thing. O King Lemuel, person of God, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. This deceitful means it's not real, right? Charm is not real. They're not really 
your friend. They're, they're acting like it. And beauty is passing. What does that mean? Beauty doesn't last forever. It really doesn't. Outward beauty, your physical appearance, doesn't last forever. Often I think about going and getting a new hairstyle or something like that. It's just sort of like putting a new chimney on a condemned house. <laughs> beauty is passing. It's fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. The woman who fears the Lord. What does that word mean to fear the Lord? Well, it means two things. Respect and honor. A woman who respects and honors God above everything else is going to do just fine. God will bless those who respect and honor him. And it shows that, that it happened to her. She feared the Lord, and her own works praised her in the gates. God praised her through her works. So, a couple of things. What were the three things we talked about, about the culture? First one was, based upon their understanding of Scripture, women were evil, right? They were evil. They were not good because of Eve. But look at verse 20. She was what? Generous. Can someone evil truly be generous? No. What about verse 26? She had kindness. Someone evil, kind? No. The opposite. And verse 30, she respected God. Would someone who was evil have respect for God? No. That totally dispels that myth. Culture says this. God says this. The second one. Women had no rights. They were property. Right? That means they're not equal with men. No rights. What did verse 18 say? She was worthy. She was worthy. And verse 27 to 28 show that she is equal. And verse 31 says that she was a partner. That dispels that myth completely. The world says that the woman is just property. God says, oh, no, she's not. The last thing was, Women have one role. What role was that? Babies. I don't know if you saw how many times she makes. She makes a lot of stuff in here. They're not babies. She makes all kinds of things. Verse 13 says she works with her hands. Verse 15 says she was a chef. Verse 16 says she was an entrepreneur. Verse 26 says she was a counselor for her husband. So looking at all that she has, that dispels that myth 
that women have one role because they don't. Culture says you can only do one thing. God says you can do so much more. So be kind and generous and holy through the works of your hands as a chef, an entrepreneur, a counselor, as unto God, so that you will be seen as worthy of his gift. And then act like it. Act like you're worth dying for. Live your life that right way. If you do those things, you'll be equal. We're joint heirs with Jesus. And the last thing is that she and you can be a partner. You can partner with Jesus in his ministry in this world to reach the lost for him. Oh, King Lemuel, this is what you want to look for in a wife. This is what you want to be as a Christian. So as we leave here today, look at this passage just a little bit different. Grow those extra hands so you can be part of your family, your ministry, your church, your relationships, because that's what this world needs and that's what he created you for. You are worthy. You have self-worth. You will go into depression because Satan will stand above you and he will tell you, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you can't do that. Look, if I could do it, it would be no big deal. But the fact that I can't do it and that God can do it through me is a big deal. And he gives that opportunity to us. Will you pray with me? God, so many things we covered in this session. Help us to remember that it's not just about the Proverbs 31 lady, but it's the Proverbs 31 man as well. And we all need to live this way. Help us that are dealing with low self-worth, that are dealing with depression right now. God, you put us here for a purpose. Let us reread this passage and see ourselves on the pages. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen.